Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Good morning, Mid-Missouri. Welcome to the program. I'm Randy Tobler. Guess who's sitting in today? Jennifer Bukowski. How you doing? Excellent, Randy. It's great to be here. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. And there's producer Hannah, John Marsh over there. How you doing, Big John? Good morning. And um, my truck started this morning. I'm just thankful. No matter what happens the rest of the day, I'm thankful. <laughs> I forgot go. I forgot to dump the diesel anti-gel stuff in my truck, and I hadn't run it since New Year, and everything started. I can't believe it. I'm the, very thankful. The husband had a dead battery yesterday uh, morning, so I The relate. husband or the husband's car? I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. that's a newlywed question. I should... <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to some. We're going to mix it up a little bit differently today. We've got uh, Mark Alford's going to be joining us. Congressman Alford's going to be joining us on his way down to the border in just a minute or so. Uh, later on, uh, we're also going to be talking, speaking of the border, because the border, I think, will be the premier issue in this election cycle. To uh, Center for Immigration Studies Executive Director Mark Krikorian, he'll join us again a, a little bit later, and then Eric Bartleson also as well. So we have a very, very busy th- morning this morning. But before he heads to the border and puts his life at risk uh, facing the cartels... He's already there. He's, oh, like, he's already there. Oh, I like, thought he was on his way down. Uh, Mark Alford, uh, Congressman Alford joins us. How you doing, Congressman? I'm doing well. Good morning uh, to everyone. Congratulations on the new gig there. Hi, hey. Jen. Uh, <laughs> I just I'm just getting out of bed in San Antonio. I'm looking at the skyline here from my hotel room, and uh, we are headed down at seven o'clock uh, in wow. a big bus going down to 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 the border. So who's the we? There's about fifty of us here from the uh, Republican conference. Uh, we met last night uh, in a. Uh, the salon room here uh, had a little dinner. Uh, we're being hosted by the congressman from the area, Tony Gonzalez, who uh, wants us to see firsthand. Uh, a, a lot of members have been down there already. I've been down there twice uh, in my lifetime, but I uh, I was there uh, almost two years ago when I first started the campaign. I wanted to see for myself the disarray, the chaos. Uh, it is even worse now. Uh, you, you know the figures, you've heard of them, you've read about them. Uh, but what we heard last night from the deputy, the, the newly appointed deputy chief of the Border Patrol was pretty disturbing. Yeah, what kind of information were they preparing you for as you had that pre-border visit briefing last night? Well, a lot of facts and figures uh, uh, thrown out. Most of them you've heard like record numbers just in, in December alone uh, last month. 300,000 uh, apprehensions uh, in on the border there. These are illegal aliens who've been welcomed in with the, you know, if I've said before, uh, almost invited in by President Biden before he was even uh, sworn into office, uh, welcoming people in because they have screwed up the immigration process. They, ha- they did not want President Trump's policies that were working to deter uh, illegal aliens from coming over our sovereign border. Um, they didn't want that to be a success story. They didn't want to finish the wall. So they, they completely upended the process. And here's what we've had. More than 8.2 million illegal aliens that have come across our the border and into our country, uh, not wanting to be necessarily a part of the fabric of America, but rip apart America. Uh, 107,000 people who died last year because of uh, fentanyl poisoning that's been brought across from the from the border. Uh, One of the disturbing things that the Border Patrol uh, deputy chief told us last night was uh, 
you know, there's a big morale problem with the Border Patrol. And we're going to see more of that as we go down there today, I'm sure. Uh, he said, when you see dead babies floating down the river, uh, it creates a lot of mental stress. And I'm sure it does. But one of the congressmen, we were allowed to ask questions. One of them asked him, why is it different now? It wasn't this way under Trump. What is the difference between the way that Trump, President Trump, treated uh, illegal aliens and, and, and Mexico was helping in that, keep them in Mexico, the remain in Mexico problem, keeping them in Mexico and not letting them come across, helping us out in this regard. And he said the big difference between Trump and Biden is, uh, he said, quote, commerce has a lot to do with it. Brian Houseworth joins us now as well, along with Congressman Mark Alford. Brian, you had a question for Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Randy, thank you. And Congressman, we appreciate you joining us, and thank you so much for uh, giving us a call uh, from, from the border. You, you, you Kind of tying into what you just talked about, about the fentanyl issue, you and Congressman Lutkemeyer had a fentanyl forum just a couple of weeks ago right here in Columbia, uh, and you mentioned here that the it, it, the event in Columbia, that the southern border was wide open. Explain that when you and, and you also had my, uh, Greg uh, Prim from the Highway Patrol with you at right. that event. What what can you share with us? Well, it was a very uh, interesting forum. I appreciate everyone attending that came. Uh, I pre- I pres- uh, uh, President Munchoy hosted us there on the campus and uh, Blaine Luke Meyer. Uh, we were technically in his district. We teamed up on this, and I want to give him credit and his team as well for helping put us uh, in touch with the, the public there. Uh, I think we were able to get a lot of great information uh, from different aspects, from uh, Missouri Health Foundation, Hospital Association. Uh, we heard from grieving parents, and the testimony was just unreal. Because what what's happening really with fentanyl in the Columbia area and in Missouri, uh, we are seeing young people in particular poisoned. These aren't necessarily uh, people who are going out intentionally taking fentanyl and overdosing and dying. Um, we were trying to remove the stigma from from fentanyl poisonings, and that families don't want to who, who've lost loved ones don't necessarily want to come forward and, and get help uh, in counseling because they're fearful that they will be labeled as uh, you know because their their kid died from from drugs, and, and this is fentanyl that is being slipped into our system and whatever. Uh, former fashion that's that's being attached or coated onto other pills that kids are taking and and they end up they they die and so we're trying to educate the public we're trying to move the ball forward if the president of the united states is not going to do anything to close the border to secure our border so this deadly fentanyl is not coming across and poisoning our young people then we've got to do something in our communities and that's what we're intent to do with these fentanyl forms we're taking it all over the state hoping to reach everyone possible in the state to educate them congressman what's the solution on the border start the wall back up uh, make mexico yes. more accountable what's the solution at least in the short term D, all of the above. We passed H.R. 2, the Secure Border Act, back in May. It has all that and more. It's been sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk, mm-hmm. and they refuse to do anything with it. Uh, it reforms the asylum process, gets it back to where it should be. It, it starts building the wall again, provides more money for Border Patrol, not to push pencils, not to be processing people across the border and into our country. 
you know, right now, what they're, they're what, what this crazy administration wants them to do, Texas has put up concertina wire along the Rio Grande there in Texas, where we are. The Border Patrol is now being ordered by the administration to go cut that down, making it more accessible for people to come into our nation illegally. And so I have a big fear that, you know, of these 1.7 million gotaways that we don't even know necessarily who they are. Just think how many more have come into our nation that want to do us harm. Yeah, yeah, especially when you cut down any kind of wire or make them remove the you know floating barrier from the Rio Grande. The DOJ did that to Texas last year. I'm sorry, repeat that, Jen. Last year, didn't the DOJ sue Texas to make them remove that barrier from the that was floating they in the did. Rio the Grande as well? Orange, right. the floating orange, floating orange yeah. barrier. And now they want them to get rid of any kind of barbed wire too. Right. That makes it a lot easier to get away if there's nothing impeding your progress. That's what I don't understand. Why are we making it easier? We are we're taking down. Look, they didn't want Trump finishing the wall. Biden is selling off the wall right now that has been sitting there in piles <laughs> and not been erected. We saw it two years ago. It's sitting there and it, it could be easily put up and finished. Now, you're not going to finish the entire wall that stretches all the way across the southern border. But every little bit helps, and we saw that. We we heard from people, former Border Patrol agents down there last year. When I was down there previously, they wouldn't talk to us. The Border Patrol was ordered by the Homeland Security and, and Mayorkas, who's the biggest liar since Pinocchio, not to talk to anyone, and so they didn't. Now they have to talk with us because we're, you know, I'm a congressman, so I guess they have to talk to us. Uh, we'll see what they have to say today. We're talking to Congress Mark Alford before he uh, jumps on a bus to head down to the actual border and witness what is, uh, I think, the most um, one of the most um, important and pivotal stories in this nation's history as we see this nation's fabric being torn apart and being uh, absolutely changed by just unfettered migration. I have to ask you, have you sat across a lunch table, Congressman Alford, and looked one of the Sanctuary City District Congress people in the eye and said, are you tone deaf? You want more welfare, you want more taxes, you want more of the money that the hard-working Americans are having, struggling to p- put food on their own table, pay their own cell phone bills, pay their own rents, pay their own mortgages, and you're not talking... Their own talk- health care. And you're, yeah, their own health care. And you're not talking about... You, you just are, are, are blind to open borders? You just want more welfare for the sanctuary city that are in your district? Have you asked that question? Well, here's the dirty little secret. They know that, and they are starting to turn on the president and this administration and the ineptness or, and the, uh, I think, the destruction that this administration has caused to our nation. Uh, when you look at uh, what's going on in New York City, the mayor there uh, spending, uh, I think it was $5 billion last year they spent on the illegals who have they're having to support there in that sanctuary city. You look at Chicago, you look at the governor of Arizona who uh, is called out the national guard to help in that instance. The Democrats realize this isn't just, look, it's election year. All right. We're in another cycle. We're going to have a big election. It's going to determine, I think the future of this country, uh, whether we exist as the nation that we once were, yep. uh, 
they are are scared to death that they may lose on this issue, but they're also scared to death they may lose their communities financially if something isn't changed. They realize this has been a disastrous policy from the feckless, failing, flailing president of the United States. Yep. Well, you couldn't uh, it couldn't be said better, and and we're witnessing it with the testimony at, for instance, Brandon Johnson's uh, press conferences when we see uh, members of uh, formerly reliable voting blocks saying we've had enough, enough. Congressman Alford, I hope uh, you can check with us yeah, after your visit there, and uh, maybe it, yeah. maybe next week we check in and see how things went and um, describe some of the scenes that we see from a distance. But you're going to see it up close and personal. I'm sure this. Will I'd give, love to be there. This will give you lots of fodder and lots of ammo to keep fighting the good fight to keep this nation sovereign through well, tight borders. Thank you. And I do want to say that we are at 2.30 today, Central Time. Uh, I guess that's yeah, where most people are listening in your audience. Uh, we are having a news conference there on the border. So tune in. It's good. going to be all over the media. It, this isn't just about a photo op. Right. This is not an opportunity to tell the truth, to get it out there, and the media is going to be forced to cover it. All right. Hey, safe travels to you. Make sure you have your flap jacket on. God knows what you're going to encounter down there. It's 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 chaos. It's like Mad Max. And thank you for doing Be that. Be safe and happy new year, Congressman Alford. All right. Y'all take care. All right. You too. There he is, Congressman Mark Alford. I'm anxious to hear that news conference and see what happens there at the border. Uh, I'm sure only the conservative outlets will report it. You won't see it on any of the mainstream outlets, but we'll report on it uh, tomorrow and uh, the days following. Coming up, Stephanie Bell's out on assignment, but Jennifer Bukowski's here and she's ready for the D.C. Daily Rundown. Stay there. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri from anywhere in the world by downloading our app for free. President Claudine Gay making it official, announcing her resignation with a heavy heart in an email to the university community, writing, Amidst all of this, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor to bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am, and frightening to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by rape. It's time for the Daily DC Rundown <laughs> as some bombshell news out of Harvard. Yes, it is. So, in the DC Daily Rundown, the Harvard News is that Claudine Gay is finally <laughs> out of her office, blaming racial animus, among other things. So, she is the victim of that. She did not mention in her resignation the plagiarism scandals, her scant academic record, or her woeful testimony before Congress and Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, who is a Harvard alumnus. Uh, last month or six weeks ago. I guess it was a month or so ago or a month ago yesterday. Yeah, when three of the elite testimony. people were testifying. Yeah. Well, why would she mention all those things, Jennifer? That makes her look <laughs> bad. But, but but fear not for Claudine because she's still going to get her $900,000 a year and there's, and there's no salary doubt. and stay on faculty, even though she won't have the responsibilities of being president anymore. But my big question, and this is on the front page of Wall Street Journal today, what does Harvard do next? I see tweets out there saying they must hire a black woman. Isn't that kind of thinking what got them into the pickle that they're in to begin with? Why not hire the best person for the job, not limit yourself to black women for this position? John, what's wrong with ideological diversity 
rather than something that's an immutable characteristic like your sex chromosomes or the melanin in your skin. What a novel idea that would be, huh? Yeah, I think uh, I think the the cutting cutting edge thing is. What about the plagiarism accusations? Yeah, yeah. You really want somebody like that running a yeah, institution of higher learning? Yeah, maybe they should check before they hire the next time, especially if they have as short of an academic record as this woman has, well, which it, apparently is just like shocking for anyone to be president of Harvard without having written a book and with only have written 11 articles that have gotten published. Well, I know even when I was just in college, every single paper you turn in, they run through yeah. a plagiarism checker. Yeah. And it'll... Or at least use AI next time, guys. You it, can't run those through the plagiarism checker. They have AI flaggers now, though. Oh, this is fake, gonna, this though. is going to... I'm thinking they're going to have to return to verbal tests. Just ver- or written test with pencil and line they paper. They did that. My kids' and do English it right class. Now. That's yeah. right. My yeah. kids' English class at Tolton. They because of AI. Yep. They give them. They don't give them the essay good prompts even until they get to class. Hey, so give it up for them. You can't have That's AI good. and memorize the essay in advance. Absolutely. They make them. They don't even let you know what you have to write about. You have to write it right there. More going on in D.C. We've got Menendez. Menendez indicted. in yeah. more trouble. Well, he's more indicted. Info. We have yeah. more information about that indictment, including he's getting to pick watches, twenty four thousand dollars <laughs> watches, a watch out of a catalog from the Qataris, which who, by the way, are the ones that are holding up the Hamas leaders. That's right. So attacked Israel. They're so, living in the lap of luxury in Qatar there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he's in bed with some strange bedfellows that Bob Menendez. Gold bar Bob. I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, and then, of course, we have the Aaron Rodgers Jimmy Kimmel flap. I mean, yeah, that's they're, they're beefing because uh, we know the Epstein list is coming out. Apparently, that's been delayed. It was supposed to be out yesterday or today. It's going to be out in a couple weeks. Aaron Rodgers said, oh, Jimmy's going to be out on that list. And Jimmy said, I never met Epstein and I'll sue you if you keep saying that, bro. Yeah, it's uh, it's something else. Well, there's the daily de- freedom of speech practiced here daily and perfected on the podcast. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. Six thirty six. Welcome to Wake Up Mid Missouri. I'm Randy Tobler. Jen Bukowski in for Stephanie Bell this morning. She's out in San Diego, basking in the sunlight and being swallowed by the large waves. Remember, we talked about the large waves yesterday. Hannah, the producer over there, and John Marsh as well. Brian Houseworth diligently working on the news report. Um, and if anything's breaking, make sure that you uh, stay tuned with us because he'll uh, we'll be up there. Hey, is there, uh, how, how, we haven't heard anything, John Marsh, on the roads and, you know, bridge problems and everything. I, now, I've probably jinxed us, but I haven't heard anything in a while. Is that just because, I guess, because holiday time, huh? Probably so. I don't know. Uh, numbers are 573-874-9390 if you want to join in on the show. And uh, there's been some uh, mea culpas recently with Travis uh, Kelsey. There's been a lot of speculation as to his, I would think it's fair to say, tepid play. Um, certainly, we know the whole team is infected with silicone hands. You know, the silicone slick stuff that you can spray to lubricate your various guys know about that. Are you use silicone for your... For, is there anything gals use it for? What, what? Yeah, I think of it as like the no grip, you know, oven mitts. Oh, and that's the hot right. Pads. That's right. Yeah, so I wife, didn't understand yeah. the whole silicon oh, man. hands uh, reference because oh, I'm like, that stuff isn't slippery. That's the slickest stuff ever, man. You get the slick silicone's wonderful stuff for, but th- you think that they've got it on their gloves, the entire team. I think they're, they're they losing They won, them. though. They won. Yeah, but it, it it was well overdue. <laughs> a, lack, a lackluster game. John, I mean, that was another yawner. I mean, it just was not much there there. Don't you agree? Yeah, I yeah. think we kind of 
kind of got lucky <laughs> in the way in the way the game turned out too. Yeah, but, you know, I know everybody's been beating up on Travis Kelsey for his, you know. You know, not the only guy out there dropping a ball or two, and now they're trying to well, <laughs> now they're trying to blame Taylor for all of it. Well, I have a theory on that. I'm going to tell you a little story in a, in a minute, but first we got we've got uh, we've got to talk. Now you're a TikToker. Hannah's a TikToker. <laughs> She's a TikToker. I am, and this is my shameless plug to follow me, producer underscore Hannah. Oh, look at that! So she, you found a wonderful a little clip with Travis where he was sorry, a little bit of a mea couple. Let's hear it. Yeah, this is from the New Heights podcast that Travis and Jason Kelsey do. The frustration was visible on the sideline. Obviously, you had the incident where you tossed your helmet in typical Kelsey fashion. It's a very normal Kelsey thing to do. And Andy commented about it after uh, the game, the exchange he had with you. And he said, he went back in and did a nice job. Things happen, emotional game. Travis is emotional and sometimes my red hair gets to me a little bit. He's looking out for me and I love him for it. I didn't go back out there and play good. He wanted to see the fire in me and I I reacted in a bad way. And right now I'm just not playing my best football and I got to f- lock the f- in and be more accountable for him, be more accountable for my teammates. I got to keep my f- cool, man. As a leader on this team, that's not how you uh, switch the moment. We just got. Whoa! So I thought that was cool, like to see someone take accountability like that. I mean, there were a lot of f bombs, (laughs) (laughs) which there generally are on their podcast. If you're going to have the kids listen to it, yes. Um, But I thought it was kind of refreshing to see someone in his position take accountability like that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. But now I have a theory on that. And John, maybe you can back me up on this. Maybe not. My wife and I started dating in junior year of high school. Aww. We were, she was first clarinet. So you know how the band, oh, Lord. the old band room sort of, <laughs> band sort camp, of, sort of curve. No, 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 no. This was not a camp thing. Not, there was no band camp. <laughs> she didn't play the flute. No, she's a John. clarinet player. And so she sat sort of across. I was a trombone player. So we were on the, there were risers that uh, in a curved arrangement, like symphonic bands are. I sat directly across from the, so it was that gaze it was that hallmark gaze that i kept trying to do because she was really a hottie who everyone in the she was one of those gals that everyone beautiful woman everyone in the in the class wanted to date my wife i on the other hand well you know that's why someday we're going to do a podcast called beauty and the beast you know what i mean okay <laughs> i think that name is taken randy so so i was so then i was in the dance band i was in the stage band and we played the jazz stuff and all that and i can tell you as as the as I continued to try to attract her affection more and more, because I had to chase after her. You can imagine that. You say, how did you woo her? Well, as the kids say, my wife settled, and I and I uh, no persistence. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like you were trying to risk my her wife. Up. My wife settled, and I reached. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but but I can tell you when when I was in the stage band and she was in the audience, or even later on uh, before we got married. When I was playing, like, you know, a a band gig and she was in the audience, you know, I would sometimes over-try. And when I over-tried, that's when I didn't play my best. So I have a theory that Travis may be over-trying for for Tay-Tay. What do you think? I think especially in the beginning. Yeah? I think in the beginning that could have been possible. I feel like we're far enough in that, you know, he should hopefully be used to it. Yeah. John? I I don't know. I, I would think... The whole world is watching. Like all these Taylor Swift fans are watching yeah. his every move. He's not just another football player anymore. He's right. part of the most one of the most famous com- couples in the country. Right. That extra pressure has got to mess with one's head. Yeah. His, well, his performance—he was like over like fifty some passes in his first. 
I don't know, six or seven games of the season and looking at the stats from the last seven, he was only 30-some passes. So might be some truth to it. The first couple games that she was at, he did phenomenal. Remember they had the graphics on the screen showing how he did when she was there versus how he did when she wasn't. And he was having some of the best games of his career the first couple times that Taylor was there to watch him. And then I don't know what happened. Also, I mean, we should point out it's not just Travis Kelsey that is having issues doing his job and catching a ball. It's been it's been uh, yeah. abysmal to it, watch. It seems to be a contagion on the team, and I you can see how psychologically that can really begin to be a serious problem. I mean, I <laughs> call it performance anxiety, right? I mean, that's what. <laughs> I mean, well, I, and I, I know we've been joking. You know, John <laughs> joked that we got lucky last weekend, and that's the only reason we won. But I hope that that's the little momentum boost that we need to, you know, perform well in the in the postseason. Uh, so we'll see. Well, remember, remember back in the day with Tony Romo, Doc, when he was, you know, when he was quarterback, and yep. Jessica Simpson, and how she, you know, ruined his career and all that stuff. So, no, you're right. Know. You're right. They write I mean, a lot into it. Well, look, I'm I'm sorry. The most the most disruptive and at the same it's you know romance and sexual attraction is oh boy. is like magnets if <laughs> if you know magnets can be the strongest oppositional force but at the same time be the most attractive force you just can't pull them apart it's also and an IQ so it's lower yin yang it's this yin yang so i i don't know uh, there's no doubt about it that's the way the good lord made things and he made them that way for a reason but uh, there's no doubt that um it's quite a hot affair and for, for if no other reason i am glad and so many other i think football fans male football fans whose maybe spouses may not be that or significant others may not be that interested uh at least at least i can get a little glancing look at the tv now when i'm watching football on the chiefs and tay tays there my wife will say oh you know yeah i saw her there it doesn't it doesn't mean she knows much about you know how many downs there are or quarters but <laughs> yeah well we're, it's we're it's a, I, we're I asked on if it. she's there before i ask what the score is <laughs> there you go. i did have to laugh uh it was the christmas day game yeah, yeah. and one of the camera shots that they did to, of taylor in the press box uh-huh uh, she had a little girl with her, like a two or three year old toddler, probably. And we were watching the football game with my husband's grandpa, who is, you know, late seventies ish. Uh-huh. And he goes, "I didn't know she had a kid." So even he, <laughs> even he, he's paying attention to her. Yes. Was one of the Mahomes kids. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. Well, and it seems like there is peace among between uh, Taylor and, and the others. Let's uh, let's talk to. Uh, Oh, okay, so we're not going to go to him right now. All right, uh, hang on, Joe. We will uh, take a break and come back and go to Joe the Caller after this. If you'd like to call and join in on the program, please do 573-874-9390. Coming up at 735, we're going to talk to Mark Krikorian about the border chaos. I mean, it is unbelievable, unprecedented, un, uh, just un, and I think still underreported a carnage at the border in terms of what's going on uh, there. Uh, and we'll talk with him. He's the executive director of CIS, the Center for Immigration Studies, as well as uh, later on, Eric Burleson, Congressman Burleson, and talk with him about the upcoming legislative session here. You're listening to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. The gang's all here, and you are too. We're thankful for that. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri.
Get an exclusive look behind the scenes of the show by watching on YouTube. Search Wake Up No Missouri. Six fifty. Randy Tobler with you, Jen. Bukowski there. How you doing, Jen? Good morning. Doing well. John Marsh, chipper and awake and ready to fire. How you doing, John? <laughs> Reloaded the coffee. I'm good. <laughs> Is that why you weren't here at the beginning of the last segment? <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> and producer Hannah. Hello. Our TikToker in charge. As the Chinese now know everything about your life. They probably know your social security number, all of your credit card numbers. But you're okay with that, right? But... On TikTok, all they all I gave them was my name and like an email address to create my account. John, the naivete of youth. That's all I can say. The <laughs> naivete of youth. I mean, hey, I've admitted that before. I'm like, I, <laughs> I'm probably not concerned enough about China having my no. information, but it seems just like any other website that stores your information. I, I'm, I'm kidding you. If you think you have any more any any privacy at all, even right. with double password protection, and send us the code on your phone and fill it in in the little text block we sent you, forget about it. Right, not going to happen. Everyone knows everything, which I think is what's so funny about the medical business and HIPAA, the whole HIPAA thing. I mean, come on. Everyone knows everything about your health. If they want to get it, someone will find out about your health. They'll find out about it. Okay, so we were talking about Travis Kelsey, and something caught my eye. This is a story in the New York Times. The people who brought you Travis Kelsey don't think that Travis is just your little, you know, what is he, an Ohio guy? Was he from Ohio? Yeah, Ohio. Ohio guy who just, you know... Uh, you know, lives uh, just the normal, you know, life, and he's just became a good football player, and he's got this Cinderella romance with uh, Cinderella. And uh, it starts out in the only recent year in which Travis Kelsey and the KC Chiefs weren't playing in the Super Bowl. The star was driving around L.A. in early February with his business managers, Andre and Aaron Enos, E-A-N-E-S, marveling at billboards featuring Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, Man, I don't think I'll ever be as famous as The Rock, Mr. Kelsey said. His co-managers looked at each other. We're like, yes, you can. Twin brothers have known him since University of Cincinnati when he was a star there. And uh, basically, this story goes on to say that this has been uh, Mr. Kelsey's sudden conquering of the zeitgeist being put on the map has taken even diehard football fans surprise by surprise. The reality is most of his ascent has been years in the making, the result of a carefully manicured business plan developed by the 34-year-old Enos brothers that blossomed at precisely the right moment. Don't kid yourself. What you see on the tube is uh, carefully, carefully and precisely orchestrated. And you see that throughout. This is not just about Travis Kelsey, but I think people might be surprised to know that it's all contrived and carefully planned. Yeah, I think any anybody that's going to have podcasts or whatever you're you're cultivating your persona, you have you know Cat Timp. She's on uh, yeah. Gutfeld. She's got the glasses. It's all part of her look. It's part of her personality. And these things are carefully calculated. I usually wear suits when I even come into the studio. That's mm-hmm. kind of part of my persona. I'm a lawyer. You know, mm-hmm. you have a certain reputation. I don't think that there's anything necessarily nefarious about this. I think he's being thoughtful about his public persona, and that's smart, and it's gotten him pretty far. Well, and it's interesting, too, because Taylor Swift is kind of known as having the best, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Publicist, the best social media managers, the best team of people to manage her image. 
And so I think that these two getting together, they're very like minded in that way. Um, and I'm not I'm not surprised. OK, but let's let's think this in the larger cultural perspective. Young ladies, particularly adolescent girls, are having some of the biggest psychological problems of hi- in history. They're cutting themselves. They're, you know, depressed. Anxiety levels as kids enter college are unbelievable. Just ask college administrators. They can't hire enough counselors. Just ask producer Hannah. <laughs> Guys are sitting in their basement, you know, playing, you know, video games. Because I think that people see these kind of images, and, and I think we've been conditioned or led to believe that somehow this is reality. This isn't reality. This is all a show. This is all showbiz. Every single bit of it walking out of the little tent into the golf cart and i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it but i'm not sure young people know that they realize they can't live up to that they aspire to that and then when they realize they can't achieve it i mean that that's a collision if you don't have your scruples together you know if you don't have your act together and they don't at that age who is supposed to well i think they don't quite understand like you're just saying that they can't live up to that level of perfection uh, that doesn't come until later in life. And so I think you're right. When they're younger, uh, they're constantly asking, why can't I be like that? And that's obviously a race that's going to end up nowhere good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Why can't I be like a six foot five NFL player? I mean, <laughs> anybody growing up, anyone listening to this yeah. didn't grow up thinking, why can't I be a six foot five football player necessarily? I keep telling my wife I identify as Tom Selleck, and it's just not working. I don't know. I keep... <laughs> keep trying you, you know. to grow the mustache back. Yeah, well, maybe the mustache i had one back in the 90s i had a mustache but what i did how'd that work with I the want trombone to see a picture of that it worked it was okay oh. it worked okay. okay yeah so i had a mustache but um i don't know i just i thought it was really interesting because i i in my own mind was thinking hey this is just a good old-fashioned midwestern guy who just worked real hard and Look at that, Taylor I mean, uh, Taylor Swift sort of... And he did work really hard. I was going to say, I think both things can be true. Okay. I think. Okay. Gosh, look at all the commercials that yep. Travis is on, yeah. you know, with State Farm. Oh, he's, and he's an amazing phenom. Vaccine. And all that. <laughs> but, you know, they also mentioned, here's another problem that celebrities face when they have their, their you know, starburst moment is oversaturation. Because that can become a problem yeah. then, too, right? So there's a delicate balance. And I understand it is showbiz. I mean, the NFL is showbiz. Just like MMA, just like WWF. It's all showbiz, right? And so you have to, you know, you have to, to calibrate that. Whereas we are not showbiz. We're just authentic every moment of every show, right? What you see is what you get. I forgot to pull up my tie. <laughs> Did you notice? That? I wasn't going to say anything, <laughs> I, but uh, uh, see, that got me self-conscious now. I forgot to pull the tie. I don't yeah, know. manage your image over there, Randy. John, you got your tie pulled up. Okay? Oh, certainly. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I Randy, make you're your... probably the only one in the building right now wearing a tie. I know. <laughs> I know. I walk through with all the young sales people over there. There's yeah. a couple people who are a little older that are not as young, but um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep on trying it out and see how long I can do that before I get a comment. You think that think anyone will call me out on it? What on you wearing a tie? Yeah, yeah think so. Uh, I don't know. I think if you do it long enough, you're gonna get stuck. And I, uh, I like a tie. The one time you show up without a tie, yeah. then they're gonna comment. Tie? Yeah, I didn't have one on yesterday, but like when I have to go to the office and see patients, I feel as though I ought to be in a tie. Don't you? I mean. There I were like some it. Facebook comments on the Wake Up in Missouri Facebook page saying yeah. that you needed to get some flip-flops. Oh, man, I'm not going there. No. <laughs> I'm not going there, no. 
No, I can't. I can't do that. Uh, hey, uh, show note uh, coming up at uh, seven thirty-five. Mark Krikorian, eight ten. Eric Burleson, and don't forget tomorrow. Wake up in Missouri, broadcasting live from the Capitol during the governor's prayer breakfast. You won't want to miss that. Okay. Uh, okay. So when we come back, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've got some exciting Nikki Haley.